Welcome back to Inciting Incident. I'm here once again with. What's up, Billy? Billy. And. What's up, Alex? There we go. Billy and Alex, thank you guys for coming along for another week. This week, we watched the menu. And um, yeah, I think we should just jump into this one. So, Billy, why don't you give us a little summary of the film? So the menu is a film about a group of people who go on an island for a special, I guess you could say, tasting. Uh, there's a famous chef played by Ralph. Is that how you say it? Ralph Fiennes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like a famous chef and he has prepared a once-in-a-lifetime meal for all these people of various uh, roles and professions and whatnot to attend. I guess that is the sum of it. Mm. And what the ratings, guys, what, do you, what will we give him? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. In terms of the films that we watched for the podcast, I think this might be on the lower end for me. I don't think it was mm -hmm. as bad as um, Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think it, w it left a lot to be desired, especially because I walked into that movie theater with very high expectations and I walked out fairly disappointed. I think I would give this one like a six, being generous, like a 5.5 to a six. Yeah, I think... Pedro just made every single point I would have made. Uh, I will also give this, I think it's a deceptively good looking film and a deceptively, uh, you know how films like they do things a little different. This film does a lot of those. It adds like nice little intertitles and uh, a very interesting location, very interesting cinematography and all sorts of choices all around. Still, when you really think about it, it's not higher than a six, sorry. Um. You remember when I walked out of the cinema, I was like, yeah, nine. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I well, thought about it yesterday, like while, 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 while <laughs> I was walking home. While I was walking home and today. And I think it's six, uh, seven. Okay. Uh, it's like half the one of the... It have very good, good parts and very bad story parts. Mm. Like w the the thing that I was mostly disappointed is the story, yeah. because it's like it's a hollow movie with a yeah. good shell for the concept that they try to do there, but like nothing that in is there. Such a good way of putting it. It is a hollow movie. Like the concept is great, visuals are stunning. Like some of those shots, I was really impressed. And it does help that uh, the film centers around food, obviously. Like you talked about how it's a tasty <laughs> boy. Yeah, funnily enough, the film, the menu is centered around food. No way. Yeah, crazy, bro. But um, they go to this, uh, they go to the island to have the tasting and the food, the way that they prepare it and show it onto the camera is really appealing. Like you look at it, it's very well put, it's beautifully shot. And the problem is, apart from that aesthetic beauty, there isn't much way to carry on, you know, much of a story. And I even think that the the writers themselves kind of like halfway through the movie started to improvise something because from course three onwards, they started putting like a name of the recipe and like a little description of it. Yeah. That wasn't the case at the start. Like they did that, you know, halfway through. So I was thinking like, what? What's this? You know, I, what I mean? couldn't see like any letters on the screen, so I don't. Because you weren't wearing glasses. <laughs> just yeah, I wasn't wearing glasses. I just saw, you know, like first course or like second course or, and stuff like that. But the mm. recipe, I didn't see that. Oh, you could see the big titles, yeah. Yeah, only the big things. So yeah. me and Petra both gave it a six. You gave it a seven. Would be interested in hearing what made it a seven for you. 
Instead maybe seven, maybe even seven point five. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, Gonna be back to a nine soon. <laughs> no, 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 it definitely wouldn't be, be back to a nine. I was like mm, surprised uh, when I was like walking out of because the maybe it's because of the classes that I took here, like Jeremy class. I was thinking too much about the concepts around the script itself. Mm. Not the script, the story, but the concept around it. You mean the subtext? Yeah. Because I think they tried to give a good like message, but the vessel was not mm. so good. Okay, interesting. For the uh, audience, it's just to specify on the subtext. Uh, the text of the, the film, well, how would you guys describe that? It's what you see and... What you're told and subtext is what it actually means. Yeah, obviously, uh, like oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, many is a very, <coughs> very subtext-heavy film, and that's probably why we, we perceive it as hollow because it says there's a layer underneath it, and then in the end, that layer maybe doesn't really go anywhere. I think yeah, I think that's the that's the issue. Like, um, they were trying to give it kind of like a like a deeper message with. You know, using food as a as a as a comparison to something else, but they try to do so much. You know what I mean? Because you mentioned a little bit earlier about the the different people who come to this tasting, and they're all from different past, uh, all from different backgrounds, and they are all being punished by the chef for a different scene, uh, not scene for a different sin, and um, they they are all so different from each other. You have one person who like is cheating on his wife with prostitutes and weirdly incestuous, you know, he's like, so um, this one character, he hires a prostitute who looks like his daughter to fucking masturbate in front of her and like uh, ask the prostitute to be like, oh, you're such a good father. So that guy is obviously fucked up and needs Wait, some. Wait, what? The, the old guy. The old guy. Wait, uh, yeah, the yeah. guy who, oh, the finger was cut. Yeah, 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 this guy. Yeah, I, I, I missed that part. How the fuck did you miss Where that part? It? it was a very significant <laughs> yeah. part. Although, oh, the pancakes photo, no, that that thing. That yes. that hinted to that, and like the the the, tortilla. the conclusion to his arc oh, was like revealing that you know the prostitute was Anya Taylor Joy's character. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, but I didn't remember that she was she looks like his niece or something like. That. No, no, his daughter. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, like it's fucked. Like he, so he yeah. definitely needs punishment. But then you go to the other side, and you get this this actor who he just didn't like in a movie. And he's punishing him for wasting his day off. And like, sure, that's funny as a gag, but it undermines how deep your message is. You know what I mean? You can have one, you can have a funny, like, this guy's like fucking wacky and crazy and he's like punishing people in the same way for vastly different crimes. Or you could have something that is coherent in the way that, in the way that he delivers punishment. You know what I mean? I would actually disagree on that and say there is a coherence on it. But I just yeah. wanted to present a question to Alex first. So this film is all about subtext. It is clearly not about the food. So what do you think it's about? i like 80% sure it's about the filmmaking and industry in general. Yeah. Because if you see uh, the chef as a director, uh, all the guests at the part of the industry, like we have the actor guys, the financial guys who's like producer, the critics to like persons who were sitting there and like, I think like each like guest and character there is like representation of some part of the filmmaking process. Yeah, 
and like even the courses. And I think I, I caught when um, the waiter was describing the wine, one of the wine like he described is like um, something like with basically like we already talked about in one of the previous episodes, fun and games. He like said it like but with, with different words. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's fun. Mm. There's uh, something that Julia said when we were walking out of the movie, which I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on. Have you seen uh, Don't Look Up, the movie that came out over oh, Christmas Oh, I wanted to year. say that with DiCaprio. No. Yeah. So w without spoiling it too much, actually, can I spoil the entire thing? Yeah, yeah you can do that. Yeah. So thing, essentially, yeah. you know Adam McKay. So Adam McKay is the guy who made uh, The Big Short and Vice and stuff like that, mm -hmm. producing Succession. So he's made a lot of like these really smart movies that are about one thing, but secretly are about the other thing. Right. Uh, Don't Look Up is about two scientists who are trying to warn uh, the mass media that there's a meteor headed for Earth and it's going to destroy and, and all life. Right? Yeah. And every character in that movie is like a caricature, essentially. Like Meryl Streep plays this president who's clearly Donald Trump, doesn't give a fuck about anything, stuff like that. This is, uh, this is again, Julia said this, it's the smartest dumb movie that there's ever been because it's so clearly about something but simultaneously manages to say absolutely nothing and when this film ended I was surprised to see produced by none other than Adam McKay so I think he's on a roll of making shit that like says it's deep is actually like ankle death yeah I completely sorry for a second I completely agree with that point because um, I think of trying like to make, make a mockery of pretentious people who try to you know uh, be like the main guy who was the Anatoly Jordate. He was trying to be the I, I know tall guy. Yeah. Mm. But he 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 wasn't because he he was shown in, in you know he was a I think he was a portrayal of the typical guy on the internet who like I know like this movie and how like it's easy to make. He was like criticizing it, but when he was given the chance to make his movie, The Dish, yeah. it was shit. Yeah. And yeah, I think I definitely think you're right. Like, and, uh, yeah, yeah, they were trying to make a mockery of this like pretentious guys, but the movie's just pretentious and nothing else. Yep. Yeah, I think it's definitely. I think you got that like on the dot. Like, it's a commentary on how, especially in the in like the movie industry, there are so many commentators. You know, yeah, <laughs> us pop in and they're like, "Oh, this film is trash," and blah blah blah. This is how you could have done it better. But if they were ever given the opportunity to make something, you know, actually better, they wouldn't get nowhere near yeah. as good because of the lack of experience. You know what I mean? So I think uh, I think you got that spot on. I did want to say before we go into like talking about the specific characters, you said that you disagree. Can you justify that? Uh, sorry, which point did I disagree on? When I uh, when I said that it takes away from the depth of the critique that he makes. Uh, you're gonna have to be more specific than so, that. I just disagree when, in when principle <laughs> with everything he says. <laughs> so, I just so when you have uh, obviously him dishing out this very thought out and meticulous punishment to somebody who clearly deserves it, like the old guy, yes, versus dishing it out just to some actor who we didn't like in the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess just to say that the characters are all of equal value to... So the the director, the chef, he says that his passion has... He's lost his passion. He's now all clinical. There's no love in what he makes. And I think every person in that room, 
is equally responsible for that. There's the producers who are not happy with anything. There's the star who doesn't give a fuck about anything except getting a paycheck. There's the fanboy, and then there's the Harvey Weinstein type of character, which is how I read this dude as the guy mm -hmm. who's like corrupting it from the inside as a cancer. So I don't think it's, I don't think that specific element of like the four characters and the way that they're being punished is uh, like broken. I think they're all of like equal value, and I think they make sense. I think it's the movie as a whole that falls apart. And the movie that, like, when you put those together with the subtext and you try to see, all right, so what are you really saying? You got all these characters, yeah, they should be punished, whatever. What are you really trying to say beyond that, that the film just stops going anywhere? Interesting, interesting. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I was also going to say, because uh, the film has to be saying something, especially if it's offering a critique like this. Do you think that the film is actually, if you think that now, it's not directed by Adam McKay. It's directed by the Mark Milot or whatever. I think he's a Danish guy or Norwegian guy or whatever. He's the guy who made Imitation Game. He's quite good at what he does. Mm. Anyway, what, if we were to hypothetically say that the director is Adam McKay, what is he really trying to say? Because at the end, he finds his happiness from making a cheeseburger and then giving it to this girl. So is he trying to say that he is betraying himself by trying to be intellectual and he's betraying himself by like trying to add layers to his stuff? And that his true happiness is just making like mass entertainment, like just like fast food for people to consume. And that's mm. how he, that's what he loves the most. I, I, I don't think that says anything. I don't think, um, I think it's, uh, it's in the right direction, but I don't think it's about um, the type of movies that he makes. I think it's about uh, the emotion that he attributes to the movies. So for example, when you make something, whether it be just, something that you shit out that you know is going to sell, say like, for example, just a superhero movie, you know, yeah. uh -huh. as an example, versus something that has like more artistic integrity. Both of those can have the same exact amount of like investment in from the director. I think it's more of a commentary on the, on the entire industry of filmmaking and how there's a certain expectation for you to conform to a certain like method. We were talking about this McKay director in the same way, um, sorry, and how he is very good at making critiques about things you know, using subtext. Hmm. It could be a commentary on the expectation that comes with being good at doing something, you know, in the same way that the chef is very good at making all these fucking elaborate exotic dishes. But what actually makes him happy when he was truly happy was making the, the cheeseburger is more to do with the expectation placed on him rather than the dish itself. In the same way that the director might have been happy or when there weren't so many industry expectations expectations placed on him you know what i mean so, regardless of oh, what he's doing sorry just a quick mm -hmm. thing so what you're saying is essentially when he's just making the pure simple product for that pure simple function he's at his happiest and it's only when people begin demanding that he like adds layers and kind of like the uh, nicholas holt character says that you have to eat all the food you don't you can't eat it you have to enjoy it and yeah. then after you've enjoyed all of it you can understand like the story behind it yeah so it's the demand to do that that is taking away his joy of the art. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm what I'm saying before like uh, sorry so just uh, and that even makes sense when you think about the audience for each food. The audience for the hamburger was Anya Taylor-Joy's character who was just, you know, just a simple normal like service industry type person, you know what I mean? Put it charitably. So her expectation is you know, it's nothing. But the expectation of everybody else in the room is this kind of like you know, when we make a comparison to the industry is this like heightened, like from the producer, from the this, from the that, and everybody's pushing you in a certain direction where, whereas while you're making something 
that is true to yourself, you know, it feels like the expectation is already there because you're enjoying it. I agree. Let's uh, let Alex get in. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, agree, bro. You no, agree no, no. with everything. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you make of the thing, though? So does this story frame the Anya Taylor-Joy character as the hero of this story? So does it feel like... So when the film concludes and she's, like, watching this entire, like, restaurant and by default, like, the or by extension, the industry burn, she's enjoying the cheeseburger. Is that, like, a positive resolution, do you think? Do you no. Know? It's honestly... After like a, a lot of thought, uh, it's it's so. Mm. so in, you know, this is the worst like type of movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the same time, I love it, but hate it at the same time because I I love to think about and talk about it like we're doing now. But I will have nothing remembering it because like I think week or two weeks from now I would just remember like oh there there was, there was a movie about like that had a good concept but I wouldn't like remember scenes or something like can, that can you remember the emotion did you have any emotion in the final scene when she's eating the burger no that's the thing no I, I I felt nothing there, there was no resolution for myself and I think uh, maybe I didn't understand something or it was shot kind of because I through the first part of the movie, I thought the main guy is the pretentious guy, like the main character. Yeah. And then they switched it. Yeah. But they didn't give uh, Anatole Joe like anything besides she's a prostitute. And that's it. I was going to mm. latch on to that point a little bit because it's fun that they sort of frame her as the ultimate hero. Like she knows the key to enjoying movies, but then she's also a prostitute, which is like, she doesn't have to be a prostitute. She could have easily been a Tinder match or something like that, but they yeah. purposely make her a prostitute. So what is that saying? Like you got it, like you know how to do it, but also you're a prostitute for this sort of stuff. Mm, that's a, that's an interesting question. I think uh, it might be less to do with Anya Taylor-Joy's character and more to do with Nicholas Holt's character. Um, in that uh, to really like drive home how these fucking like people who are the in the commentator sphere they are the commentator sphere yeah, you know man said commentator yeah, no sphere. for real for real <laughs> they're 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 always so like oh we care we could do that better if you really cared about your art you blah blah but in the end they don't care so much obviously you know the character didn't care like to the point that he hired somebody knowing that that person would die and invited them to the island itself. So I think that might be a, that might be like a way to deepen the criticism towards the commentators that, you know, are like, oh, I could do that better. You yeah. Know? Okay, guys, and I have a question. Like, I kind of cracked, like, uh, here and there, like, characters only for Anna Taylor-Joy character. Mm. Wh why is she, like, she, why, why the chef guy is so obsessed with her? Why she's like so? Because uh, uh, oh, she's not to quote Petro. She's not in the sphere of pretentiousness. Pretentiousness. Yeah, I think that's valid as fuck, dude. No, I mean, literally, because she's the person who consumes. She's the only person who consumes the product, who eats it instead of tastes it. Yeah, like throughout the throughout the experience, she was the only one who didn't didn't give a shit about the experience. She actually cared about the food. Yeah, if she, the food wasn't good. She wouldn't need it. You know what I mean? So uh, like, she, she was like a joker in the deck because the chef wasn't expecting her. Yeah. Yeah. Great way of putting it. Yeah. So like funnily enough, you know, the guy who was supposed to care the most about the food, the one who's like super pretentious and like, oh, I know this, I know this too, I know this, blah, blah, blah. He was more concerned about the spectacle of the chef preparing the food than the taste of the food itself. 
Exactly. Like, I think we could all agree that if the chef had literally served him like a piece of dog shit, he would have pretended to enjoy it. Yeah. And he would have been like, oh, this is great. And this is part of the whatever the fuck. While the character who is not so invested into this world of fucking like... Gourmet food. Exactly. Yeah. Like, she was the one who... She was probably the only one in the room who would be like, no, this is not right. Oh, so I, like, when you were talking about, like, saying that, I, oh, oh, like, I think there's also the thing is, for example, we, like, learning how films are making. And whenever, for example, for myself and, like, for other couple of guys, like, my friends who also, like, into films, pretty much, whenever we watch films now, we're not enjoying it. We're dissecting it. Yeah. We're dissecting the script, yeah. the set, the lighting, the sound design. I, I'm not, uh, like, I'm getting back to the feeling of enjoying the movie, the experience, not trying to be this pretentious guy who's saying, like, oh, the lighting in this scene was bad. Yeah, it's very yeah. difficult. Also, I think we're, like, contributing to that issue because we literally yeah. begin every podcast by saying, so what number would you rate this? Like, some some human being put five years in, of their life into making this movie, and then you're here, like, six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it's just our opinion, and if... If someone will like it, maybe someone will like like Black yeah. Adam or yeah, it's Nobody it's a valid. Black no. No. Maybe, if anybody maybe. likes Black Adam, they're stop incorrect. listening to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. Oh fuck, cameras not on. But we do not want you here, bro. <laughs> if you like Black Adam, please stop right now. Yeah, sorry guys, a uh, bit of technical issue. So we're not actually on YouTube until yeah. the episode after this one. But we'll see. We you we might be on YouTube just a black screen. Anyways, um, so okay, here's something that I want to do with this film that we did all the way back in episode one. If I could give you writer's, you know, the writer pen, rewrite it to make it better, how would you make it better? I just straight up wouldn't make it, bro. It's not even like... I don't think that's valid, bro. I think this is a film that could be done a lot better. I'll I'll just say... uh, All right, so this is sort of a complicated thought, but bear with me. Do you think that there is a sort of... Because movies have kind of become dumber that's like the marvel sort of bubble and mm-hmm. whether or not that's valid that's the, like the consensus online that films today have nothing to offer but like superhero smashing or whatnot right so now there's a genre of films that are so obvious with their subtext it's almost like a slap in the face do you think that i don't even know how to formulate this thought i i think i'm i think i know what you're trying to say and what i would say to that i think it's somewhere in the middle i think I think, yeah, we have films that are so dumbed down that we have like a pendulum swing and we have films pendulums. on the, No, 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 serious, serious, serious. On the other side of the spectrum, people are trying to like amplify the subtext so much that it ends up coming across as pretentious but, but, and hollow. But it, Yeah, but it doesn't feel sincere. Yeah. It doesn't feel like nature is healing. It feels like, all right, so you don't like it this shit. It feels artificial. Yeah, now we're giving you the other shit. How do you like this? It's kind of like feeding the food to the baby. You, know, you don't like this? We'll try this. And yeah. it's like the same thing. It's yeah, force no. feeding. Exactly. exactly. So I, I, I think this movie, kind of like Barbarian, just solely exists in this time as a response to the sort of film industry that we've lived in for the last three or four years, no more. Wait, you're, you're comparing this film to Barbarian? No, I'm just saying because Barbarian is also with the split structure. I was, just oh, sort okay. of, uh, I was just sort of saying that this is a movie that could only be made in 2022, maybe 2021, maybe two more years. This could not have been made in 2012. This probably would not be made in 2030. And I, I was just saying to rewrite it, 
I wouldn't rewrite it. I wouldn't try to make it because I do not think that a film like this is the cure or the response that we need for the problem that we have in Hollywood right now. Hmm. Here's what I would suggest. I think a film with good subtext, 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 a film with the good subtext. No, a film with good sub, fucking subtext. <laughs> film with good subtext has to stand on its own without the subtext. Here's the thing. You have to have a story that is good enough for me to enjoy the story, enjoy the film, and then later on be like, oh, this represents this, this, and that. I can't not enjoy the film, then have some guy come over, oh, no, this actually means this, this, and that. And oh, then yeah. be like, oh, yeah. oh, now I enjoy it. No, you have to enjoy the film and then appreciate it even more with good subtext. And I think that's what this film lacks. If you take away... All of the all of the all of the thematic meanings that we've been talking about today, it's a very shit film. Without all of the explorations of the film industry, without all of this like deep discussion that we can have, it's just it's just shit. It's well, bad. You know what I mean? Story wise, shit. Story wise, so, yeah, okay. exactly. You know what I mean? So we need a f like like you were saying. The the point in the middle is a film that we can enjoy for the film. And on top of that, extrapolate subtext. Extrapolate, bro. Stop dropping the... Man Duh, came in with his thesaurus today, dude. bro. It's the thesaurus in the room. All right, Alex, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I would rewrite it. Um, I, I think this kind of movies, I think, should exist because they are, you know, kind of on the other end of this dumb Marvel movies. And I hope, like, later on in a couple years something will be created in the middle of that, of this two like, different types of movies, like something that trying to be too much intelligent and something like so dumb, you, you have to be like brain dead to not understand it, basically. And I think later on something will come up. For example, how I would rewrite this film, uh, I, would don't, I, I will not kill the, the hang guy, I just hang, uh, remember him as Hank McCoy from X-Men. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, with Nicholas, the Nicholas Holt? Yeah. He didn't have glasses, did he? Oh, in X-Men yeah, he did. So. Yeah. Uh, so I would, wouldn't kill him in the middle of fucking movie. Uh, and I would like make, because they are two opposites, the Anatoly Joy and him, and I will like carry on the story through them. And the, the ending will be like, with maybe he will die and she will, but... I think they they have to be like more work on these two characters. Yeah, I think continue if you. No, 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 I'm good. No, I agree with Alex that maybe there is a movie to be extracted here somewhere, but uh, it's like when they kill Nicholas Holt and when he gets to the burger scene. That's when you really know that they fumbled the back because yeah. a third act is not meant to be some dude doing a burger because that the third act of the movie. The thing is, the first two, three fourths of the movie. There's some really good moments over yeah. there. So yeah. if you wanted to rewrite, and it's like deceptively beautiful, it's very nice to look at. So you don't like explicitly get bored watching it, but it's at the end where it just doesn't do anything. And I feel like if you just rewrote the ending, you could probably take it from a six to a seven and a half. Yeah. But I like whatever. what Alex said. I think if you develop the relationship between uh, the two main characters, yeah. like the ones who went on a date, that would already make the film a lot better. But would you... 
Uh, would you? Uh, it's probably a COVID thing that they would only set it in one room with a limited amount of people. But I think I'd have to, or you'd have to expand it in multiple directions because the allegories that all these other characters carry, they are essentially the backbone of the entire movie. I don't think you can afford to have that. You could have a chef like, like just tormented by his craft and tormented by the ideas of trying to be perfect. And then just have like an apprentice who doesn't care, who just enjoys making burgers or something. There is that story to be made, but that story would have to be made entirely like without subtext like this, like subtext. I that's think that so story, that film already exists with uh, Bradley Cooper now. Which one? The, you the were, Burned. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Is it good? Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think mm. you just described the burn. I, was, I think yeah. maybe not. I was going to say like one thing that lacks in this film is character development. Yeah, there, there like was none. There too, is yeah. no character. What character? Here, here's the thing. The only character that changes and even just a tiny bit is the actual chef. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy's character is static. Nicholas Holt's character is static. Everybody is just, you know, they they're, are who they are. They're, you know, like you said, they're, they're characters. They're just placeholders. placeholders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And how static are they? Like when the chef tells Nicholas Holt to go go off yourself he literally just does it there's no yeah. beef there's no realization no nothing he just goes there by the way yeah. uh other thing why didn't women ran in the scene do you remember when he was like uh go i will catch you that, that was the worst scene because i think that's about the sort of male guilt in the industry as saying like we are yeah. at an advent advantageous like position an, yeah, yeah let's see check uh pedro's no, sorry for that one but Wait, let me check my list real quick. <laughs> no, no but you I, get <laughs> in an advantageous position but it's also like yeah our commentary on that is we're gonna like put every dude in like and make them run in the woods and then they're back in two minutes and nothing's fucking changed yeah. so what's the yeah. difference you know what that reminds me i was me thinking of? at least oh. one will be sorry sorry no, no, uh, i was thinking like at least one will be killed or like some punishment yes. because it, it was it, not, nothing happened and yeah I, I, and i i like maybe i didn't hear like the why women didn't run no no i was like, like oh okay he like, insinuates that there will be a punishment when they're caught and there's nothing yeah, nothing bro. happens here's the thing it reminded me a little bit of something you said in the don't worry darling incident uh, don't incident <laughs> inciting <laughs> inciting, inciting words <laughs> <laughs> uh, like in our very first episode you talked about how you know they developed this this threat character but he ends up feeling shallow because they made such like a small like oh it's they're so fucking stupid like nobody would believe in this when it's not really true it felt like the same here it's an actual real issue mm. but by not giving it consequence by only including it in like what a 15 minute segment of the film yep. it doesn't feel like they resolved anything like it literally felt consequenceless it felt like it was a, just like a tick on their list they were just like oh we yeah. have to address this like no how, consequences how, how can we what can we play with this allegory mm. Honestly, I was thinking like going to this movie from watching the trailer. I was thinking it would be some like Saw-esque movie. What? You know, Saw. Do you know the Saw movie? Bro, I thought they were I was thinking like something like that. No, I, I wasn't thinking that they will eat people. I was thinking like there will be like challenges for them like to get food or something like that. that so you sick, you will, dude, you will need yeah. to do something yeah. to get food or I uh, Bro, uh, you heard it first that inciting hardcore gore movie. About just about food, yo. Gotta do yeah, all the shit, and you'll get one cheeseburger. Yeah, I'll, I'll say though, I don't want to just shit on subtext unnecessarily because there is a is obviously like seventy percent of what makes a really good movie work. Like all of our favorite movies, uh, what Apocalypse Now, we were just talking about it again. No Country for Old Men, Ad Astra for me, it's all yeah. about the subtext. Whiplash, and I'll say Adam McKay, this guy. So 
it's not like he makes exclusively bad shit. Like he is the executive producer of Succession, and Succession, for anyone who doesn't know, is a TV show that is one hundred percent about sub subtext. Right. There's a, there's a line in Succession that it's in the first episode I think that stuck with me. Uh, the main character, his dad, is having a heart attack and he's in the hospital. And then the the doctor comes and says that, yeah, he might not make it. And he's like, so what? You're saying you might not make it. That's just words, you know. And he says, words don't mean anything. Words are just complicated airflow. And I feel like that's, I think yeah. that's perfectly said. Yeah. And that's Adam McKay's entire philosophy. Like words are just the surface and they're just complicated airflow. And the real meaning is to be extracted. Yeah. But I think he's leaning into that way too heavy. You yeah. know what? Something that Chloe said as we were leaving, she said that she felt like this movie had no genre. Like it was, they were trying to go for a little bit of horror. Yeah. They're trying to go for a little bit of comedy, a little bit of drama. And it ended up just feeling like, nothing. you know, yeah. nothing. But I, you know I, what I mean? I think that that can be said for like, no, there's genre of films that film right now with no genre, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do everything, but fail at everything. Yeah. And that's like, and that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, is the trying to do everything and not really doing anything? Perfect. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. That's my problem kind of with Barbarian as well. It's just a film, it's one film, and then it's another film, and then you see a third film at the end over there. So it's like, just pick one. Like, they're all good, but just do not try to sell me on three movies Honestly, at the same time. I, but I, there, I liked it. There, it, it worked it, a lot it, more it better. Because yeah. 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 it was also a film, and then there was subtext to be extracted, but it yeah. wasn't... What was the subtext of Barbarian? I remember that episode, we got really deep into it. Yeah. yeah. I remember... Yeah. And I remember we had to really dick to like find it because we watched it. It was just the movie. Like, whereas with this, when the movie ended, I already realized the movie wasn't the movie. The movie is like what is underneath somewhere. Now yeah. I have to think about it. Like, yeah. uh, I go to the cinema to do fucking homework. That's what it's for. Like, yeah, I think Pedro said it uh, like in the beginning, very good. I want to understand like first the story and then the subtext later, like we yeah. did with Barbarian. Like, but here I think uh, like... Uh, not even us, but like Chloe and Julie, mm. who, who are not like uh, in the filmmaking. But I, I think even they were like, oh, I think I understand the subtext of this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah which makes it just so obvious. And it's not really like, uh, this is something that the, one of the teachers always says. It's not like an emotional truth. It's not like you realize a new way of living. It's kind of just, it's false subtext because it's not an emotional truth, but rather it's like an intellectual sort of concept that you have to extract from it which is the exact same thing with Don't Look Up, bro. The last line of Don't Look Up is Leonardo DiCaprio is the scientist. He's trying to convince everyone that the meteor is about to crash onto Earth and fucking burn and kill everyone. He fails, so he decides, I'm going to go to the cabin with my family. And then the final scene, he's holding hands with all his family members, and he goes, oh, boy, we really did have everything, didn't we? And then the meteor crashes, and they all die. I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro. I, I kind of got that feeling when... In this movie, when Anna Taylor Joy starts giving her speech, yeah, she's like, "You know what? I would like a cheeseburger." And then she takes a bite of the cheeseburger, and she basically turns to the camera and is like, "Now that's a cheeseburger." Bro. It's like uh, that was fucking commercial thing. <laughs> yeah, like yo, I don't want to see you saying that ever again. Like, you know what could be a, like good ending for that movie if it was like the same scene of her eating the cheeseburger, but n not the building burning down, but the other guy if he was the deve developed. Like a character, he he will hang himself. But later, like understanding, he I think uh, it would be better for him, or for this guy to realize by himself that everything he thinks that like this uh, this cuisine is good, is not 
basically uh, something like he tastes the cheeseburger and he likes it more than this pretentious yeah. like uh, molecular uh, gastronomy thing. I think yeah. something as simple as that could be the solution. I think the key is because everyone else in industry, people like we have the producers, we have the stars, we have the Harvey Weinsteins and whatnot, but it's the Nicholas Holt character who's the audience. So I think if there is any change to be happening in the story, it should happen through him because he's the only one who's in the thing. You can't just have Anya Taylor Joy change because she doesn't have to change, bro. She's not a part of the problem. She's not a part of the entire equation that they're trying to sell over here. Yeah. So she can maybe, uh, she could disrupt it the way that she does. And then, then the message of the film would be, we don't have to be so serious. You know, like at the end of the day, we're just trying to like make human connection and like be fun and then have someone else inside that sphere. <laughs> yeah. Like understand it. No, I agree 100%. She has to be the disruption, but you know, as a static character, she's fine because she's the, you know, you know, she's the one who changes, she shakes things up, yeah. but you can't have none of the other characters change with her, yeah. which is wild. Like it's kind of frustrating thinking about it back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I was gonna say also, one character that I do wanna talk about, which stood out and did not make any sense to me was uh, the, the assistant. Um, the lady who was walking around, remember her? She had She's a fight. She's like a first, first, like uh, yeah, like first uh, assistant, of yeah, like director. the chef's right hand man yeah. type stuff. You know where that's, bro? Like, what was that scene? Because she gets killed by Anna Taylor Joy, and she's saying, "You will not replace me." It's like, bro, what was that? Like, you're you're kind of like killing her character because she's supposed to be in perfect sync with the chef. She's supposed to like you know be part of this coherent team that works like a fucking Swiss watch. But she just breaks character. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way that isn't justified. I feel like uh, that, that character specifically is just a commentary on the... You remember last year and before last year for a couple of years, there were talks about the production assistant strikes or whatnot because they were just like tragically underpaid. And like these people work 12 hours a day and they can't make a living. So she's just a person who's like been fully swallowed by the industry. And she has to be one because she's like the assistant, right? So she has mm. to like sort of accommodate for every single whim. But then her frustration is that there is literally no way for her to exist outside of that or to get anywhere because the entire game is wrecked against her. She'll never be anything. And maybe also by saying that you you will not uh, like uh, replace me yeah. on saying that like even someone like from the streets can replace her yeah. basically yeah. that she, she she's replaceable compared to the other chefs on in the kitchen like because she wasn't yeah 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 i see i see what you mean and those are valid points the only thing uh, that i would say is just like okay think about the sous chef the guy who killed himself for that mm -hmm. one dish that guy was so invested and had so much trust on the chef's judgment that he literally killed himself yeah this woman couldn't deal with the threat of some other person being there. Hmm. That to me is character breaking because you have uh, you have this person who is not on the same level as her and he is this willing to, you know, give his life to the work while this person who is supposed to be above him, you know, she's supposed to be the, you know, the right-hand man type person. Yeah. She isn't like so trusty in the chef that uh, that yeah, even the threat of somebody else replacing her makes her break you know what i mean but technically the the chefs are the creators if we're talking about the subtext again uh and the sous chef is right hand man and she's assistant she she's yeah. not a creator she's like you know engineer uh like a um, handy guy mm. basically yeah 
So in other podcasts, the the script notes, and they talk a lot about that. They were talking a lot about that over the past couple of years, just how the the entire like production assistant system, because they like run Hollywood essentially, mm. but it's essentially slave labor because they don't they don't get paid, they don't make a living, but also that's what they absolutely have to do if they want to make it in the business. So like I I think especially that when she says you will not replace me, that is so such an on the nose line about production assistants, like specifically if you. Everybody listening, you guys can Google it as well and just look into that. But that was a total mess, like yeah. a year ago, two years ago. Uh, one like last point before we wrap up. Uh, after you saying, you know, the like reciting the last scenes of the movie, I I think it's like it it, it was looking like a fucking commercial. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, 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 like even her eating the cheeseburger on the boat. And there is a fire in the background. I was like, "That's that's so commercial, like shot." It was corny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, Petro, yeah. do uh, final remarks? I mean, yeah, final remarks. Uh, similar to my final remarks with uh, "Don't Worry, Darling." Like, man, there was so much potential here, and it just they they didn't deliver. You know what I mean? Like, I walked out disappointed. Now that we talked about it, I'm kind of frustrated because they have a good idea, they have the shots just make it tighter you know what i mean so yeah. yeah didn't really enjoy it i agree 100 i think they have a good idea for a subtext i think maybe they have a decently good like framing device through the restaurant and the chef business and whatnot because it's easy enough to draw an allegory between the film industry and the restaurant industry or whatever else they would have done or sports or some shit like that I just do not think that this film is it. I do not think that this film is necessary. And most of all, I think this film is very frustrating in the same sense that Don't Look Up is frustrating. It's like a film that comes to your house and says, I got something to say. And then it says, psych, no, I don't. <laughs> and I'll leave. All right, that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah. And Anatoly Joy is beautiful. That's it. That, I can neither confirm I, 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 or I, deny. I, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's it for me. I'm not at liberty to discuss. Uh, <laughs> would you care to comment, Petra? Nope. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for watching. Um, I hope you enjoyed. And I hope we see you next time. So thank you, guys. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.